if conservatives and Republicans are going to have a fighting chance in this country, we're going to have to take a page out of the left's playbook and we are going to have to learn how to fight like a Democrat. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Woman's Planning Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization in Washington state of like-minded ladies and gentlemen who are trying to advance the conservative movement in a very deep blue state. We are working hard to elect conservative candidates and educate and empower Washington state citizens to stand up, speak up and take real action for change in this state. I would love for you to head over to our website where you can learn more about our mission and the work that we're doing, and you can sign up, join us, and get involved in our movement. We really need all hands on deck, especially after what we've seen in this election. We need everybody involved in this movement, and we are unaffiliated. We are not part of the GOP. We are not part of any party. We are completely unaffiliated. We are supported 100% by the ladies and gentlemen who join our organization and believe in the work that we are doing. We do not have deep pocket donors. We are beholden to no one but God. So I would love for you to learn about what we're doing. And if it sounds like something that you're on board with, please join us. You can go to Conservative Ladies of WA. Dot com. That's conservative ladies of wa.com. And yes, we are still launching our national organization, Conservative Ladies of America, this month. So stay tuned for more information. And, you know, even if you're not in the state of Washington or you're in the state of Washington and you're thinking about leaving, if you join Conservative Ladies of Washington before we have the website up for Conservative Ladies of America, you are automatically grandfathered into both organizations for the lifetime of your membership. So something to consider, head over to conservativeladiesofwa.com. All right. Well, let's dig into this uh, election stuff I want to talk about today. We're kind of going to talk about, carry on a little bit from what Jim and I were talking about yesterday and some more observations that are coming out. But one of the things that I notice the GOP does not do well is fight like a Democrat. The Democrats have a message. They have a message and they get everybody on board with the same messaging. They are very coordinated. The GOP does not do that. The right, the Republicans, they don't do that. They don't have a strong message that resonates with their base that allows people to really get on board with supporting the candidates and the party. And I think that's a huge part of the problem that we're seeing. We don't have strong messaging and we alienate the base. And there's so much right now that the party could message on. You've got the economy, you've got inflation. Uh, we've got, you know, a lot of people think that abortion hurts the, the GOP. I disagree. I think the GOP needs to know what their messaging is. I think there is messaging to be had that is strongly pro-life, but doesn't alienate pro-choice people. With abortion, as I talk about often, they've gone so far off the left cliff with it where they want to abort, you know, babies born alive, even they still want to be able to kill those babies. 
that even people who are pro-life are like, you know, you've gone a little bit too far for me. So I think the GOP could have some messaging that would appeal to pro-choice citizens that could get them on board with what we're doing. And I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, later in the podcast about some of the uh, pro-abortion movements that have passed around the country in this election cycle. It's very scary, and it's something that we need to really get strong messaging around because we need even those pro-choice people who believe in guardrails on abortion, we need to get those people on our team. And there's messaging that we could do that would accomplish that. The other thing is education. So many parents have seen what happened in 2020 where they got the classroom coming into our houses and we're like, whoa, you're teaching our kids what? And most parents aren't on board with that. This is a great time to bring parents of all political affiliations together to accomplish the same mission of giving our children a solid education and giving parents choices in education and stop funding these institutions that have gone far left and they've gone very political. They're driving all of the main political institutions in our country at a federal level and at state levels. They're very involved in making sure that their pro-union candidates win. And this is another area where we could come together as citizens, as parents and people who want to protect kids and do right for this country. Along similar lines is the transgender movement. The radical left Democrats want to be able to do these, quote, gender affirming surgeries on minor children without parental consent. And most parents, even parents who buy into the gender ideology stuff, most of those parents even still want to be involved in that decision-making. And the Democrats have been pushing to get parents out of the equation altogether. And most parents do not support that. So there's a, a lot of different areas where we could come together on our messaging that would unite a lot of citizens who maybe don't identify with either party. And, you know, to be honest, I would say I don't really align with the GOP. The GOP to me is just more establishment political hackery. And the Democrats are the same way. It's just in a different way and they have different values. And most, you know, for me, I feel like I'm just on the side of sanity right? I want freedom. I want free speech. I want to be able to um, use practice my Second Amendment rights. I want to be able to worship God in the way that I want to, and I don't want the government infringing upon my rights. And a lot of people are of that same mind, but they're not really politically active or politically involved or doing any kind of activism. They're just living their lives. So it's important that we come up with messaging to reach those people so they understand how important it is for them to get in the game and to be voting. In this election, CNN did a poll, uh, like a post-voting poll, and 68% of single women vote Democrat. 72% of women 18 to 29 vote Democrat. Well, the Democrats have a very strong message of keeping women from getting married. They are the party of destroying the nuclear family. We talk about that a lot. Um, they want women to become dependent on the government. This works very well for their programs. If you watch any of these Democrat candidates as they've been campaigning, they're talking about 
giving you paid daycare and paying for your abortion and paying for your student loans and paying for all these things. So what's the point really in being married? If you can just depend on the government to meet all your financial needs, you don't necessarily think that you need to be in a, in a, in a marriage. You don't need that partnership where you are both contributing. You can go have your job and you can get your abortion to keep you without a child. And you can, you know, if you do have a child, the the government will pay for your daycare. They'll send you money for food. You can do all these things with the help of the government. You don't need a man. You don't need a family. And Larry Elder, I didn't realize this. I just saw this today. But Larry Elder, California, he ran for governor in the recall against Newsom. And he did this video. This is from back in August. And I'm going to let you listen to this. But this was, um, this was really, I mean, he really nails it, right? Because he says that the welfare state has incentivized women to marry the government and men to abandon their financial responsibilities. Take a listen to this. If I decide to run for president, it won't be to derail Donald Trump or derail Ron DeSantis. It'll be to talk about the things I think are not emphasized enough. Most notably, the breakdown of the nuclear family. 40% of kids in America now enter the world without a father married to the mother. The number is 70%, believe it or not, in the black community. Nearly 50% of Hispanic kids enter the world without a father married to the mother. 25% of white kids do. That's the percentage of black kids who used to enter the world without a father married to the mother back in 1965. Fast forward, now that number matches the percentage of white kids who enter the world without a father married to the mother right now. We need to do something about it. And I believe the welfare state has incentivized women to marry the government and incentivized men to to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. And neither Democrats nor Republicans talk about that enough. I intend to if I decide to run for president. I must live in a cave or something because I did not know that Larry Elder was toying with a presidential run. And that's probably... Uh, a topic for another episode, but I find that very interesting. And I really like Larry Elder, and I think he uh, definitely is is a contender for something like that. That's, like I said, that's another episode because we've got the Donald Trump factor and the Ron DeSantis factor into that. But he makes such a great point that the, you know, the government has really incentivized women not to get married. And the Democrats have really had a mission of destroying the nuclear family. More than 70 years ago, the marriage rate um, in American households was at its highest. Today, the number is decreased by 50%. The New York Times reported based on statistics analyzed by the Brookings Institution, nearly 80% of households consisted of married couples before the golden age in America. By 2010, the number of marriages in America had dropped to 48%. So in the 50s, it was in it was 80% of households were married people. Now, 2010, and I would imagine, you know, 12 years later, it's dropped. So 2010, it was 48%. It is probably lower than that now. Uh, studies suggest single women vote Democrat more often than married women because they depend on a single income, have feminist attitudes sort- towards social issues like abortion and premarital sexual behavior, and agree with ideologies that redefine gender roles and family responsibilities. Jamie Franklin said the Democrats' radical abortion and LGBTQ agenda coupled with their negligent governance of our cities makes perfect sense when you realize the destruction of the nuclear family and dependence on government welfare keeps the Democratic Party in power. 
And Molly Hemingway said on Twitter, one of the fascinating things about our ongoing political realignment is the massive political incentive Democrats have to keep women unmarried. This is where I think that Republicans, conservatives can pick up the messaging. Why are we not capitalizing on these young single women? Why are we not telling them and messaging to them the benefits of being married, the benefits of being a mom, the importance of the nuclear family. We are letting the Democrat Party run away with this messaging that being single, being a feminist is better for you than being someone's wife and being someone's mother. This is destructive to women. We are designed by God to be in a partnership with a man. We are designed to be mothers and be nurturing. And that doesn't mean that we can't do other things like have a career or have some interest of passion that we spend time on. Being a mom and being a wife is one of the most fulfilling things that a woman can do. These women never even get a chance to experience that. They've decided because of the narrative pushed by the Democrats that they hate being a wife and they hate the idea of being a mother before they even have a chance to experience it. It is one of the most beautiful things on earth. Now, yesterday I mentioned there was a drag queen that that won some women's pageant and it was absolutely ridiculous and the the real ladies in the background are smiling in the background and they're cheering and clapping and It makes me so sad and it makes me really frustrated and angry with these women who are cheering and clapping. A a man dressed up as a woman to win a beauty pageant is not something we should be cheering about. It doesn't make you inclusive or accepting. They're making a mockery of us and they're laughing at us while we're cheering this on. And this is all part of what the Democrats are pushing with, you know, blurring the lines of gender and making it so that women are accepting of men competing with us, playing in the same league as us because they're wearing a dress and makeup. The Democratic Party has brainwashed women to think that this is a good thing, to think that this is okay, to think that there's nothing really that special about being a woman. Anyone can do it. You don't need to have all these female parts. There's nothing that special. You can have a penis as long as you put on a dress and maybe throw on some lipstick. It's unbelievable to me that so many women are buying into all of these lies these horrible lies that the Democrats are selling them. And where else does that lead them? It leads to depression. It leads to loneliness. It leads to anxiety. There's no sense of community. And that is where building up the nuclear family, building messaging around the nuclear family is huge. And we have to get back to that. And there are people that are doing that on the conservative side. You've got Kirk Cameron is doing a really great job with that. Ali Beth Stuckey is another one. There are a lot of organizations and individuals out there who are building this messaging around the nuclear family and how important it is. And so much of our policy in this country on a federal level and at a state local level 
all feeds into the nuclear family. And a lot of the policies that we have are contributing to the breakdown of the nuclear family. So until we can get the messaging right and change the people who are elected to serve us, we will continue to see this breakdown of the nuclear family. We will continue to see our young women buying these lies that the Democrats are selling us until the Republicans decide that we need a change in messaging, we need a change in strategy, and most importantly, we need a change in party leadership, we will not accomplish these changes. We almost have, like the way I see it is we have the Democrats and we have the GOP establishment and we have the conservatives who the conservatives want change, the conservatives are pro-life, the conservatives are fighting for educational choice and the nuclear family and all of these things. And the the GOP establishment is really kind of just the status quo. They go along to get along and, you know, you can't you can't fight dirty, you can't fight with truth. You got to be polite. Uh, And until we change that, we're going to keep seeing the Democrats winning on these really important issues. We've got to get good messaging and we've got to get better leadership. And until people are willing to stand out and speak up and ask for change, we won't see that. I'm encouraged, though, because I see a lot of conservatives. I see a lot of America first uh, influencers, candidates, people who are ready to step up and fight for that change in leadership and fight for that change in messaging. So I'm really encouraged uh, to see that. And I think that here over the next several months, we're going to see some shifting. I hope we see some shifting because if we don't see some shifting, we are going to be in a world of hurt and we will continue to see red states getting redder like Florida and Texas and some of these red states that had big wins on Tuesday and blue states getting bluer like Washington, California and New York. So I am encouraged and I want you to be encouraged too. And I want to encourage you to get in the fight and figure out where you can plug in to, to this movement to save our country, to save our families, to save our kids. And along the lines of saving things, um, I want to talk about these abortion issues, uh, propositions, referendums that were on the ballot in some places uh, on Tuesday and what's going on with that because the pro-abortion movement is something that we really need to focus on. And and like I said earlier, regardless if you are pro-life or pro-choice with guardrails, we can come together on some of these issues. So first of all, in California, Proposition 1 passed yesterday, on Tuesday. And I saw a post from Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is from California. Uh, Calvary Church in Chino Hills, and he was uh, put out a post that said, you know, part of this, the problem here is that we have pastors who don't know what their roles are and pastors who are afraid to speak out. And I couldn't agree with that more. We as the church have hugely dropped the ball in, in this you know, in the realm of government and policy. And the church has shied away from getting involved in this. And so they've remained silent. And the church's silence has cost us dearly. And we need to get pastors who are brave and bold and courageous and will speak about these issues that are impacting our society and our culture and so important. And they are part of 
the message that needs to come from the church. So so this first one is Proposition 1. Um, it was about reproductive freedom. It, uh, it's a constitutional amendment, and it passed. And so what this does is it enshrines state-funded abortion on demand throughout pregnancy into the state constitution, prevent parental consent or even notification laws. It would prevent, it will prevent informed consent laws and other reasonable health regulations for women seeking abortions. It will permanently deny a father's right to be heard in the abortion process. And it will continue abortion's disappropriate impact on Black, Hispanic, and disabled communities, thereby jeoparding the future of these groups. This is supplemental to the bill AB 2223, and I talked about this uh, last spring when it was going through the the legislation in California. But essentially, this will um, put abortion into the California state's constitution, and it will make sure that no abortion is considered murder. So even a baby born alive um, could essentially be aborted. This is it is sick, sick stuff. It is very evil. Now, over in Montana, they had referendum 131, which would require medical care for babies who survived abortions and were born. This would require medical providers to give those babies care. And you would think that this would be supported. I mean, a baby is actually born and we're not going to give it care. We're just going to let it die. Well, you would be shocked. I hope you would be shocked to know that almost a quarter of a million people as of yesterday have voted against this, that they have voted that a baby born alive should not receive medical care. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't even know what kind of people think that that is even remotely okay. It is straight evil. It is pure evil. And this is the time that we are living in. And this is getting, it's getting just out of control. I honestly, like I read this stuff and I can't believe that this is where we are as a society. And it is going to continue to get worse if we, the conservatives, the people on the right, the people who are in the middle middle, and just the party of sanity, I think there should be a party called the party of sanity. But if we, the sane people, don't start getting loud and speaking out against this and taking action as these things are coming up and getting strong messaging so that people understand. Because part of the problem is people get their ballots and the wording of these propositions and initiatives and referendums, it's all very confusing. And so if someone doesn't really know anything about it and they're just reading what's on their ballot, it can be very confusing to them and they don't know which way is which. So Part of what we need to do is be very good at communicating with people. And we are in the day where we've got social media, we've got the internet, we've got easy ways to get information out there. And we need to get really good about getting our messaging out there and making sure that we communicate with people so they understand exactly what's on the ballot and they know exactly which way they need to vote. So some scary stuff going through, but I'm really encouraged because I think a lot of people are waking up and I think if... A lot of these people, if they just know what to do, if you just give them a direction and say, hey, go do this, I think a lot of people will do it. A lot of people just don't know what action to take. And so we will be, I'm really excited as we move forward after these elections. Now, you know, for us, conservative ladies of America, 
and conservative ladies of Washington, this is where our real work begins. Now that the elections are over, we turn our focus to legislation, uh, legislation at state levels and legislation on a federal level. And these are the kinds of things that we're going to be paying attention to. And I'm really encouraged because there's a lot of grassroots organizations like ours that are doing this kind of thing. And hopefully that will make the old school establishment GOP irrelevant and we can start getting some conservative leaders who are willing to speak up and get up to date on messaging and really speak to the sane American people who want to preserve our country, want to preserve our our freedom and want to preserve the nuclear family and build families back up because that is truly what is best for our society. And that is what is best for individuals and most satisfying. And of course, that gives glory to God, which is at the end of the day and the beginning of the day, that is our number one goal. So I've got a lot of links for you to look through in the show notes today. I hope you will do that. And I hope that you will share this episode and share the these links so that other people can get informed and get educated and, and step up and take action. So I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 